Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and today, me and Smitty are doing a trade video. We're going to be talking about players that we want to buy or sell in Dynasty League. So, Smitty, would you, where would you like everyone to follow you? Uh, you can find me at either one of my sites. I have uh, sleeperu.com at sleeper, the letter U, kind of like for a university of finding sleepers. I created it uh, several years ago. I've been in the industry for a while, and this was kind of my last stop. I was acquired. I uh, wrote for a, a couple different uh, places over my career, but these are my last and final uh, monsters that I've been building up. I've been building up the Fantasy Football Show, which you can find at thefantasyfootballshow.com or go to youtube.com slash thefantasyfootballshow. And I'm just cranking out video like you, just trying to crank out as much as I can on YouTube uh, in the mm -hmm. video format on Instagram, same handle, the Fantasy Football Show. Um, but videos become about 90% of what I do, but, but sleeper you is the written form of, of what I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everyone make sure to check that out. If you guys are up late, at least on EST Eastern standard time, Smitty's always live. It seems like, so you can go join him. He makes great videos, great content. I really enjoy it. So this video, like I said, we're doing buy or sell on dynasty players. We're just going to be talking a couple of names and see what me and Smitty think about each of these guys. So the first guy I want to bring up here is Kenyon Drake running back for the Arizona Cardinals. As of right now, he is age 26.6. What is your opinion on Kenyon Drake for now and for the future? So, yeah, I mean, Kenyon Drake, it's no secret if you follow my content at all that, that Drake to me is a guy that's, that's going to have an absolutely amazing season in 2020. Um, I think that, that this offense is fit perfectly for him. They want him. They want to use him uh, fully. I don't think it's one of those situations like last year where we all got bit in, in, in the ass when we invested in guys like Montgomery and, and guys that weren't going to be utilized enough. And I think Drake is a special – uh, player in a special offense and he can get you I think Alvin Kamara like production with ease in this offense if he stays healthy uh, even if you look at like what he did at the end of the year so he got acquired after week nine on he was mm -hmm. you know one of the better running backs in terms of targets uh, or attempts per game um, he had in week 16 166 and uh, two let me pull up the right stats here 166 and two TDs week before that 137 and four TDs um, he's just a machine. He's a scoring machine. You can't extrapolate that kind of data. It's a small pool. But if you look at the way he ended his 2019 campaign and you try and be predictive with that, there really is no hotter um, running back that's, that's, that was on more of a tear heading out of the season than Kenyon Drake. And on his eight-year – or his eight-year – his eight-million-one-year deal – um, he's getting paid essentially what he would have had he hit the market and, and signed a long-term deal per year. He was looking at about 10. The Cardinals believe in him. The Cardinals are invested in him. They traded for him. They got rid of David Johnson, which should have made him a, a 12 or 13 overall pick already in most people's minds and drafts and rankings. But for whatever reason, people are still a little gun shy to make this guy a 12 or 13 overall pick. And that's great news. And if you go reaching too high based on what I'm you know, pumping out, if I'm saying Kenyon Drake's top five to 10 for 2020, which is where I'm, that's my stance. And you go take him at number six overall, you're not listening to what I'm saying. The value is in his ADP. Everything I say, because I come from like a bold perspective, needs to be pit against ADP ranking. So to kind of dummy proof yourself from making too early of a pick based on something bold that I'm throwing out on my site, 
like Kenyon Drake top five, you use ADP data. Kenyon Drake yeah. right now is going sometimes, we don't even have good ADP data yet um, that's accurate, that I, that I think is accurate across the board, but anywhere between pick 15 and pick, you know, top of the, the third round, he's going. And that's a steal for me. That's baked in risk. You get Edmonds for sure, but baked in risk that is top five to 10 running back lock type material for me if you have the both the both yeah no I, I completely agree now I'm a Dolphins fan so all you guys who watch the Dolphins Kenyon Drake does keep that out of your mind throw that out because he's a new man he was reborn in Arizona such a high-powered offense and honestly that last game or maybe it was the game before like week 16 when he scored four touchdowns that won you your fantasy football league that was a unbelievable showing from Kenyon Drake and I love Kenyon Drake this year and for the future they said that they are going to try to be looking to extend him even more so he should be a cardinal for the next four years in my opinion so the next guy I want to bring up here real quick is Amari Cooper wide receiver of the Dallas Cowboys he is still a young wide receiver even though he's been in the league for a while age 25.8 what is your opinion on Amari Cooper now that he's on he's been on Dallas for a while um you know this is one of those players that in the right spot I draft him um even though I'm down on him more than most I think that I would not be shocked, and I'm kind of predicting it. You know, it's not a a lock of any kind, and it's not something that you should count on. But I think that Gallup has a strong shot at outproducing him in, in 2020. Cooper has been a vanishing act in, the, act in the past. You could use the same argument you just made, though, about Drake with Cooper. They don't pay attention to him elsewhere, in Oakland, wherever. He he is a new man in Dallas. I could I can get behind that argument. Um, if the ADP is right and say, okay, I'm going to factor in a little bit of vanishing act bust potential, but if you're getting him as your third drafted player, I'm not so worried about it. But when people take him like at the end of the second round or the very top of the third round, when there are better options, then that concerns me. So it's not so much about, do I, do I feel he's a guaranteed lock to bust? No, but where people are drafting him nine times out of 10, I just plain like other players better is kind of the best way I can describe it. And I'd rather have Gallup really late, although he's been climbing up draft boards real fast. Um, but it depends on the circles you're in. He could go in the fifth round or the ninth round. You know, it kind of depends on who you're drafting with. But what are your thoughts on Cooper? Do you think Cooper is a locked and loaded wide receiver one, or do you have your concerns about him and that offense? And, and what, what are you thinking? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. That guy, he's like Houdini. He is a vanishing act. He'll show up one game, and then the next game, he's just completely gone. You just don't see him. And then the next week, he's hot again. So, I mean, if you want your the guy you're drafting in the second or third round to be hit or miss, sure, go ahead and draft him. But for me, I'm staying far away from him. He's a sell. I don't want anything to do with him. I wouldn't even try to trade for him. I would If you're in, like, a dynasty league, I would just trade him straight away from my team because some people have that perspective still that think that Amari Cooper is very talented. Sure, he has talent, but I just don't think that top 10 upside is really there. I agree with Michael Gallup, though, completely. Michael Gallup is one of my favorite later round targets aside with another guy named Tyler Boyd who typically goes around him. I like Tyler Boyd more than Gallup, but with that said, I think that uh, – Cooper is just going to be an okay fantasy option this season and is going to be a guy that either people are going to overhype completely or talk down to him kind of like how we just did. So next guy. Gallop, talk Gallops real quickly. Gallup had 16.8 yards per catch. He had six TDs four 100 yard games and finished with a hundred or uh, 66 receptions for 1,107 yards. That is, that's a crazy season to, for people to not even really know about. I feel like a lot of people don't, they don't even know he pulled in a thousand yards when you, 
talked to a, a person that hasn't been digging into football all, all offseason long. 1,100 yards is a lot for a player that's supposedly playing second fiddle um, to, to Cooper. And, and I, yeah, I'm just excited about Gallup at the right, right place. Yeah, I completely agree. Dak was on fire last season. I could see him being just as good, maybe not as good fantasy-wise. Yeah. He was the number two quarterback, but probably still a top five option. So the next guy I want to talk about here is another guy that really just deals with injury problems. His name is Carrion Johnson, running back Detroit. He is age 22.8, so still very, very young. He's been in the league for two years. This will be his third year. And in both years, he suffered injuries last year. A lot of people were very high on him. A lot of people, including myself, I loved him. And then he just ended up getting hurt and just doing nothing. So what do you think about Carrion Johnson in Detroit? Uh, you know, we don't even know if he'll be the starter come week one. So for people, you can always tell if you're drafting with people that aren't like super, you know, into digging into, like I said, the fantasy football news and ADPs and trending and um, player movement and all that. When you do a mock draft and you see Carrion go like in the third or, you know, high fourth round, he, he's a waste of a pick at that point until we know more, until we know that they're going to invest in him. He had a lot of promise coming into his rookie year. A lot of big name analysts talked, talked him up pretty good. And I, I always worried about injury with him. And I don't feel any better where we're at right now with him in terms of being healthy and in terms of being like trusted to take on a full workload. So for me, I'm staying clear of him. If I was like in a bind, let's say, and I, I went wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, or wide receiver, QB, tight end, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have good running backs. And it came down to carry on and, like, nobody else. I would take a shot on him because he yeah. could be, you know, the starter there. But we're talking about, you know, I almost like – I draft Cream Hunt over carry on Johnson. And Cream Hunt is, you know, labeled the backup. Carry on may be the starter. I still think, you know, Cream Hunt is a better option. So that gives you an idea of where I value him. Yeah, Kareem Hunt is a guy that we're not talking about him in this video. He's not a standpoint, but he is a very safe option later in your draft. He's a guy that if Chubb was to go down, to me, is probably a top five running back. I don't know what you think about him, if you think he's that good potentially. but I have three people that I say go get on a majority of your leagues. Um, never stack your team with the same players if you do multiple leagues because one injury can take down all of your fantasy seasons and it kind of sucks. And you can still draft good teams by going a little – little bit of variation but yeah. uh three guys i like to put on almost every team uh, and that's um cream hunt tony pollard and, and alexander madison because these guys are home run hitters that if they get into the lineups for their prospective teams they will win you a championship because madison could be not just good top five to ten running back material if starting for the vikings uh tony pollard was drafted in the third round last year when zeke elliott was holding out and mm -hmm. people thought, I may get six starts out of him, maybe eight, probably five. And he was still getting drafted at like 3.08, 4.01. So that tells you something about how good he looked in that Dallas Cowboys offense and how quick people's memories are for this guy to not even like be a, a thought in a lot of people's minds when they're drafting and game planning, especially if they own Zeke. Like you, you should be reaching, find out what his ADP is and reach about a round and a half for Pollard reach about a round and a half for Madison and at least a round for Kareem Hunt. Although if he settles in round six, you might not be able to do that. And I've seen him go that high. I've seen him go in the seven or eighth round too, but these are guys that they win you your league if they get into the lineup. So 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. Pollard against Miami last season, he's the backup, and he still scored a touchdown. He had like 100 yards. Him and Zeke combined for two touchdowns and over 200 yards, so he's a very good player. Same thing with Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison, to me, is the better pick for me, especially if I have Dalvin Cook because I don't trust Dalvin Cook at all. I'm not someone who's going to be drafting him in most leagues. I play in like 20 leagues, so I'll have him on a team, but I won't be very happy about it. And the next guy I want to bring up here is another running back that is very injury-prone, counselor's favorite, David Johnson, running back, Houston, age 28.3. What are you thinking about DJ now that he's a Houston Texan? Um, right spot I draft him. Right spot being, you know, flex-type value. If people are going to take him as their high-end running back, too, I'm not going to – I'm going to get somebody else that I want that falls to me because he bumps somebody down. So I've seen him go in round seven. I've taken him there in a mock draft or two. I've seen him go in round five. I'm not touching him there, um, especially like round four. Uh, but, you know, is there a shot? I, I don't know why. I mean, here's the problem. We, if it was a different team, I might be like, okay, they know something we don't. Or, or, but it's Bill O'Brien. It's the, the guy that just traded him, a, traded DeAndre Hopkins away for David Johnson, basically trading D. Hopkins for Cook. Cooks, um, you know, I, I don't trust that David Johnson is for sure going to be healthy. And there's a reason that Todd Gurley was cut from the Rams. There's a reason David Johnson was not kept by the Cardinals. They see something that these other teams don't. And I don't know why either uh, the Falcons – well, I mean, I, I would rather have Melvin Gordon if I was the Falcons, if I was making that decision. But it's not like they, they traded for him and, had, and took on that big contract. He was released, and then they signed him at a, a relatively good deal for them. Although I don't know why you would bank on him being healthy when he was cut from a mega deal that he was one year into. But for David Johnson, in terms of taking on his contract, I don't even understand how that got. I mean, I know Bill O'Brien makes all the decisions, but how that got by a, another group of people that were supposed to guide him, I like. I, I would have expected a lot of resignations after that move. Be like, look, he didn't take any of our advice and made this awful move for David Johnson. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I think that he looked like he was running in slow motion last year. Maybe there's some underlying injury that he got over, but that's his only hope for being a top, you know, 25 overall player again, or top 30 overall player again. For me, I'm just staying away from him pretty much in general because I think he doesn't fall in a place that I like usually. Yeah. Yeah. To me, he he's either going to be like – pretty good like top 20 running back or he's just gonna be god awful and there's no in between to me so I, I think I would try to maybe get him but I wouldn't you know trade a lot for it or when I'm drafting him I wouldn't be like oh I need to draft David Johnson here I'd look at other guys going around him guys like, like Kareem Hunt goes around him and I'd probably have Kareem Hunt a hundred times over a guy like David let, Johnson. let me put it this way I don't I don't blame you and and if anybody came to me and said hey I think he's gonna have a great year I probably wouldn't be like no 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 man you're crazy I wouldn't try and talk him out of it I'd be like look I'm indifferent on him because I don't know. And, and I don't think anybody can, especially in today's times right now where you can't even pass your physical yet or be around people that can talk about how you look or how you've been. We don't know. We don't know yeah. anything. And, and so is there a chance that the dude is, is still got it? Maybe. And that's why he'd be worth – that's why I'm not ruling him out, but I can't take him as my, like, my high-end running back too or anything, only in like a weird – build that I'm doing for my team where I I'm desperate at running back too, because I stacked everywhere else and I'd be okay with that, but it won't surprise me if he does well. Let me put it that way. And I'm banking. Yeah. On it though. 
Yeah, no, I'm not banking on it either. I mean, he traded so much that Bill O'Brien just has to hand him the ball a million times. That's my only reasoning to why I think he could be good. So, yeah. the, next, the next guy to bring up here is another man who he moved team, Tom Brady, quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right now, he is age 42.7, but it seems like he could play for another five years at this point. The guy just has no, no quit in him. So, what do you think about Tom Brady, especially now with all these elite wide receiver talents around him? Let's take it one year at a time. But, yeah, I think, you know, it's kind of funny how all the hate, even when that, that – even when he landed in Tampa Bay right away, there was a lot of pushback from people when I put him in, like, my top six QB rankings for 2020. And then it started to lessen and lessen, and now I don't hear anybody pushing back on anything I say about Tom Brady near six to seven overall for QBs. So it's kind of funny how everybody's, like, settling in on the fact that he might be elite. The weird thing is – and I've, I've talked about this on my show a lot. What happens if we don't have an NFL season in 2020? He's a year older. And, you know, what happens to a lot of these players if they're a year older? Um, what happens to their contracts? Nobody can give me an answer, even people that seem dialed into the NFL um, and with people that might have these kinds of answers. No one knows. No one knows what – I don't think there's anything written for this anyways. It's unprecedented type stuff. But it's crazy to think about. Yeah, he has one – to two years left at a time for me. Like I can't give them four or five years, but I could give them one year in this offense, which is catered around, uh, you know, a, a, a QB with his skill set that maybe is declining a little bit because he's got weapons. He's got a guy in Mike Evans that can go and get an errant pass that maybe Brady won't be as accurate throwing these days. And, and now you have Evans making him look like an absolute, you know, uh, precision uh, type passer because Evans will go get it. It doesn't have to be in the vicinity and, and he'll grab that thing. OJ Howard might get utilized a ton. Brady loves throwing to a tight end. And we've seen, and Brady's going to be in control of that other quarterbacks. I could say, you know what? They don't use a tight end in that offense, but Brady does. And Brady's going to get it. And if they add JK Dobbins in the draft, if Godwin turns into the Julian Edelman for Brady, like a lot of people predict. Um, and I don't know what wide receiver I like more. I go back and forth each day, pretty much. Um, how can Brady not be a top five to six QB? How can he not? I don't understand how people are against it. I could understand maybe liking a player better and just being like, I can't draft him yet, but how can you argue against it? it the logic's there. The numbers are there. Winston was not that great of a quarterback and he was locked in. Like I do my rankings and Winston last year would be at seven or eight. And then I'd look at my wide receivers and I'd have, I'd have Godwin and Evans at like, five and six or four and seven or four and six. And I'd be like, how is Winston this low on my QB rankings? I have to raise him up by default. And he did score that good. It's going to make Brady a machine, this offense. Yeah, I completely agree. Even when I thought it was Jameis this year, when I thought that I had no clue that they were going to get Tom Brady, I really thought they believed in Jameis. They just give him one more year. And I thought Jameis was going to be top six. So Tom Brady, a guy who's not going to throw 30 interceptions, he may throw, He's not going to throw 5,000 yards most likely, but he can throw a lot of yards. I like Tom Brady this year. I'm just a bit worried mm -hmm. about the NFL season, like you said. I mean, I personally believe it's going to start, but if Tom Brady and the season doesn't start, Tom Brady's just going to be washed, I think, after this, if that ends up happening. So the next we'll guy – We'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. It's yeah. possible. Yeah, you never know. I hope they play with no fans, to be honest, because otherwise it's going to be a real sad fall for everyone. Yeah, and so. one team gets infected, what's going to happen then? You know, do they – if the – and it's going to be the Browns. I'm going I'm <laughs> to say it right now. If something happens, it's the Browns for sure. Maybe the Ravens, but the Browns. 
And I think if the Browns, let's say, get shut down for two or three weeks, how do you continue? You know, like how do you redo the sketch? You, know, you can't. What happens to the team that's supposed to play them? Um, it, it's going to get crazy. So hopefully we don't see some kind of reinfection or, you know, reemergence yeah. of this thing. Uh, I'm real worried about it, though. Yeah, It's no, going to be, you know, for a lot of reasons. But Yeah, so am I. I think what they, they're going to have to do is just put every team – in like a hotel and play it like March Madness or something, play over multiple days yeah. and just play in the same stadium, the same four stadiums around the U.S. So I assume that's what they would figure out what to do. They, could, they could hire out fantasy football owners to be security guards at those doors because we will protect those players. We won't let them in and out. We want our NFL season. Uh, we are the best candidates for their job. Yeah, for sure. So the next guy to bring up here is a tight end that I used to like, but now I just, I don't really like him anymore. I don't trust him. That's Hunter Henry tight end of the LA Superchargers, age 25.4. What do you think about Hunter Henry, even though he's like very injury prone? Yeah, upsides there, but I don't, you know, and off the top of my head, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how well him and Tyler, Tyrod Taylor will, will jive together. Um, and I'm not not too sure how much I, I kind of want to believe in Taylor, and I kind of don't know that I'm capable of believing in him. I feel like if they got Cam Newton somehow, you know, still I would be more comfortable banking on a lot of these Charger players. I do think, yeah, it, it's tough, man, except for Eckler. I think Eckler is going to be used a ton. Whatever he loses in receptions, he'll gain back in, in, a, in extended, you know, additional rushing that he'll do. I think Eckler's a top 12 overall pick. I think he'll climb that high as we get closer and closer to draft day. Right now, Eckler's going at 15 to like 20. Mm-hmm. And and if you do best ball drafts, Drake, Eckler, um, players like that, A.J. Brown really late, um, Kareem Hunt, as we talked about, really late. These guys are great players to draft in best ball before the regular population of normal drafters, not insane crazy people like us doing stuff in you know January through May. But once everybody catches up to those people, then, you know, they're not going to be as big of a steal anymore. So I don't like Hunter Henry to get back. Sorry, I'm on a tangent. I don't like him too much. I mean, it depends on the value. You know, like if all the tight ends are off the board, he does feel like oftentimes the best capable tight end when I've waited way too long and he's still sitting there and I don't get my choice of Waller or and guys like that. But Waller way, way, way above Hunter Henry in 2020, if you ask me. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Waller, to me, is under that tier of the top three guys to me, which is like Andrews, Kittle, Kelsey, and then it's Waller for me. Yeah. But another guy I want to talk about here is a guy that, honestly, there are so many mixed opinions on this guy. You type his name in on Twitter, and you'll see a million different people arguing. And that is Darrell Henderson, running back of the L.A. Rams, age 22.7, his rookie year last year. Not super hot. He ended up getting hurt. But with that said, what do you think about Darrell Henderson? Do you think he'll be fine? Do you think it's going to be Malcolm Brown? What do you think? I can talk all day on this one because I did it all off season last year. I'm not sure if you saw any of that content, but I launched my YouTube, YouTube, uh, YouTube show last year, about 14 months ago, 15 months ago. And, and part of that was I did pump up this guy a ton and I, I admit when I'm wrong and there's certain things that I've missed. There's a lot of things that I nailed. Um, you know, I, I try and be honest with that. And, and with this, I feel like I'm a year early and that you'll, you'll ask a lot of my followers over at uh, sleeper you on the forums, especially where people congregate and they'll be like, Smitty's a year early on this guy. Smitty, you know, I oftentimes <laughs> do that. And, and it's not something I'm, I enjoy because I hate being wrong that initial year. The problem I have with my own prediction, even still is that 
I don't trust that coaching staff to make the right call or to know what they have. They're already talking about running a committee. They're not willing to give Henderson a, a, a shot at all, even, you know, in, in the public, you know, uh, facing side of it. Like they can't even say, you know, we're going to go in and let them compete in the best man. Like they don't even do that. So I don't know how to gauge or trust the, the process for him to get into that, that starting lineup when, you know, I totally missed the, the boat last year on how this coaching staff views him. They traded up to get him. I figured that was very telling. They've lied about Todd Gurley from the beginning. Oh, he's fine. They cut him from a mega deal. Uh, the guy is so young. Clearly, they knew all kinds of stuff that they weren't letting on. And to act like you forgot to use him in the Super Bowl, I have zero trust with this coaching staff at all. So that puts my – it's a year too early um, angle of my, my last year's pr prediction in jeopardy. And, and I can't with confidence tell anybody I have a better feel for what this coaching staff is going to do this year than I obviously did last year. But I will tell you, based on talent, my eyes don't lie. Um, I've been scouting and doing this for 16 years. He is one of the most exciting running backs to come out of college in a long, long time. He's number one, not number two, not number three, number one in college football history. And they've been collecting stats for over 60 years in college football. Number one in college football history in yards per attempt. And he had almost eight, I think it was 8.9 yards per carry. I, I'm a little fuzzy on the exact number, 8.9 and 8.8 .8 or something like that, 7.9 and 8 point whatever uh, yards per carry in both 2018 and 2017. He had more 20 and 40 plus yard, yard runs than anybody in the nation in 2018. And yes, you could say, oh, he had a, an easy schedule but he dominated all these stat categories. And at some point you got to look at the talent and like people had to overlook where Randy Moss played college football. Uh, people have to overlook where a lot of players play college football when all the other things are telling you something. And for me, if the guy got 18 carries a game, he would be a top five to 10 running back at the NFL level. And he would improve the way that offense looks entirely. They looked awful last year. I don't think their line is as bad as it obviously produced or didn't produce the lack of offense they had and lack of, of you know, rushing um, yards per carry. Yeah. But I, I just can't give you uh, a confidence level of what they're going to do. I can only tell you that this guy is elite and I hope the hell he gets a chance. Yeah, I, I agree with his talent. I mean, right now, like dynasty drafts that I've done, like the mock drafts and same with regular redraft mock drafts, he goes from round like seven to nine. And right there, you're just hoping to God that something hits right there. So, I mean, he is the best of a guess as you're, you got the best of a guess as anyone who knows really what's going to happen. I mean, I can see him there. That's, that's wonderful. That's a yeah. wonderful spot. Seventh round. Sure. I've seen him go in the fifth and sixth, but that's what dynasty hardcore people that are like trying to, you know, they're taking guys way too early half the time now because uh, they're too invested and they're, they're ready for guys to pop off. But seventh round, eighth round, oh, yeah. I mean, take it. That, that's where I take my stab at those Pollard, Madison, Henderson, Kareem Hunt that win you a league. Why take a wide receiver like Robbie Anderson that later on you, you walk out of your draft, you're like, damn it, I'd trade the guy I just took for Kareem Hunt. You know, yeah. or if you had Chubb and you didn't cuff Kareem Hunt, you'd probably trade the guy you took right before and that round, both of them together for Cream Hunt because you made a mistake and didn't take them. So take your gambles. Uh, you put it well. Take your gambles in that range. That's where you can win a league if you land a running back.
Yeah, and plus, maybe in, if you're in a dynasty league, you're already drafted, just look for the guy who has Darrell Henderson and see if he just doesn't believe in him because there's going to be – it's like split half and half. Some people think True. Malcolm Brown's literally going to just barrel into the end zone 15 times, and then the other people think Darrell Henderson's going to be good. And then there's that little piece of people where they just believe they're going to draft someone, which we will know next week. We will know if they decide to pull the trigger and draft a new guy, which I see no reason for them to do. But people on Twitter, people on Reddit – I'm sure there's people on your website that may even believe that. So everyone has yeah. different opinions. So the next guy I want to talk about here is probably my least favorite player in the NFL by far, just from just any standpoint. I hate him in fantasy. I hate him in real life. I don't like the guy as a person. Odell Beckham Jr., wide receiver, Cleveland Browns, Mr. Trade Me, age 27 and a half. What do you think about Odell? Do you think that this is a whole new Browns team? Do you think they're going to run it a lot? What do you think? Another one of my misses last year because I really did believe that this offense would get him the football and make him, you know, uh, easily a top 10 wide receiver. And, and the talent's for sure there. I mean, that's no question about it. Yeah. But can he stay healthy? Um, will Cleveland fix all the problems they had? Coaching was a huge, you know, a uh, huge change they needed to make. And I'm hearing a lot of good things from sources that I trust that, that Baker's going to play a lot better. This offense will look better. But even those people that are real connected to it are like, but I'm not a fan. I just want you guys all to know. Like, everyone's worried about trusting Baker, Baker, disappointment maker again. And, and I was real excited. And he had a really good finish to his rookie year. The, it looked set up properly for this guy to thrive. Yeah. And to, flat, to fall so flat on his face makes it really hard to trust him. So I, I've mock drafted and, and gotten screwed on a QB and then I tried a weight, a weight approach and I took Baker and I did not feel great about it. Um, so I don't know. This is one I'm going to tell you that it's going to be to be decided when I want to hear a little more, see a little more for now. I'm going to pump the brakes on making him a second drafted player in one league of my like 14 that I do. I'm one, maybe two. I take him as a third drafted player and say, you know what? I'm going to let it ride this league on whether Odell can bounce back. But that's like one league. I, I, I don't feel confident enough to do that in multiple. So do I believe in them? A little bit. And I'm hopeful. But yeah, it's, it's hopeful, not, not uh, anything crazy. Yeah, I've been playing fantasy football since I was eight years old. I'm 20 now. The last six years, five years, Odell's been in the league. I've never once drafted him. I've never once believed in him. So I'll continue not to believe in him. Last year, I told everyone he'd be a bust. And he was. But there was, he seemed like he was going to be top 10. Everyone was on that. You were on that. It would make sense. But Freddie Kitchens is an idiot, all right? Everyone knows that. But now they bring in a new coach. Do you, do you believe that they're going to be super run-heavy, though? That, I think that's a question. That's oh, of course. Uh, so that's a good point, and, and I, we definitely need to talk on that real quick. But, but when look at, looking at Odell's stats, though, he had such a bad year. It's 74 receptions for 10, 35, and 4 TDs. That's not as bad as it felt. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I like him in the right spot. But, but Stefanski is now in Cleveland, who turned Dalvin Cook into, you know, that Vikings offense and Dalvin Cook into a rush, rushing monster. Yeah. And they funneled everything through Dalvin Cook. Stefanski is going to do the same thing with Chubb. Now, Chubb, you can't really have more rushing yards than Chubb had last year, but it, it gives you the, the assumption that Chubb will be used at least the same or really damn close to it. And there's enough carries for Hunt and Chubb because Stefanski is going to run a ton and put a lot on the running back, give Chubb a lot more. I'd give Chubb uh, at least a 30 or 40% increase across the board 
in terms of his receiving production. So yeah. that can afford him maybe some wiggle room of not having 1,500 rushing yards. But I think that you're looking at easily 10. Like he's – of all the running backs in the league, he feels like top three or four in likelihood of having double-digit touchdowns. And okay. I think that with an uptick in receptions, with Stefanski proven to run everything through that running game, uh, I think they run more than ever, yes. Okay, so the final thing I was going to bring up is if Odell Beckham Jr. was going to play great this year, the reason why to me is Jarvis Landry not going to be there for the first couple of games. I read that he may not come back until November. So if Odell's the only guy out there, I, I know they brought in Austin Hooper, but I don't know how you feel about Austin Hooper, but I'm not drafting him in fantasy either. But I think Odell is going to be probably just about okay, but most people still have it in their head that he is just a top five guy every single year, and he just hasn't been that guy recently. So the final guy I'm going to bring up here so that you can get out of here is Mr. Let's see real quick. I'm going to talk about DJ Moore. What is your opinion on DJ Moore? I love him this year. Good topic because I feel like this needs to be talked about. I, I, I he had 1175 and what was it? Four TDs last year, 87 yeah. receptions, big year, but they have big changes there. Um, so I worry when people take him in the second round and that hopefully feels high to you too. In the third round, I'm more okay with it. Second round feels like when you walk out of your draft and you have a team like the counselor would draft, you're just missing like an entire player. That's how the, the, the feel looks. Um, so 11, 1175, four TDs, 87 receptions. I think he'll be, he could replicate that. I don't know that I see him. I mean, maybe he has 80 receptions, 1150 and six TDs. Like I, I could see him having that kind of year. Sure. But I feel like you have to be careful where you take him. You have to take him where he still has ceiling value. If you take him in the second round, he has to deliver or you don't get your value back. I think people just need to draw their lines properly with him, with Miles Sanders. These are two players that I see getting overdrafted, drafted way too high, drafted in places where there's no upside left and you haven't baked in any risk or regression or struggle with rapport with a quarterback that he needs to now get used to. I just think more, I love him talent-wise. I'm just a little more cautious probably than you are. Where do you have him ranked yeah, or where I, would I, you draft him? In Dynasty, I think he's top six wide receiver. In redraft, he's top 10. I draft him in the second round, but I am cautious, like you said, because I am very worried about Teddy Bridgewater. Now, DJ Moore, the, the argument against this is he did it with garbage. When Cam was terrible, he was fine. He did it with uh, Kyle Allen, and I think Will Greer even played a game or two. So he was doing it with, like, these garbage cans of quarterbacks, and he still played good. Sure. But, so that's obviously a plus. But how much better is Teddy Bridgewater than Kyle Allen? To me, I don't know. I don't understand why you'd pay Teddy Bridgewater all that much money. All I remember from Teddy Bridgewater is when the Vikings were playing in the playoffs and then Blair Walsh missed the field goal, if you remember that, from like 2014. But I don't know. I don't trust Teddy Bridgewater. What do you think about him real quick? Yeah, I'm, I'm not calling him a bust, but I'm not banking on him either. I'm just indifferent, staying away from him, let that experiment run without me being involved whatsoever, and I'll watch and – it could be entertaining and I'll enjoy the ride, but I'm not definitely, I'm definitely not going to put any stock in Teddy Bridgewater. I, I got him in a dynasty league and I was able right after he landed there, trade him for something. I think it was cream hunt and I, it was a dynasty league. I'm like, I'm going to take advantage of this. So I got out of that. I, I just don't want any part of it. I get what you're saying, but my only argument to you, and, and again, it's one of those situations where like, if you argued it with me, I wouldn't even resist you and say, uh, he could be top 10 for sure. 
I would just say that what's ADP saying he's falling nine times out of 10 into the third round. Now, if you have a late third round pick, you may have to take him in a different spot or trade up yeah. or whatever, because he may not last to the end of the third, but I, I just couldn't see myself taking him anywhere near second round value because you just don't have to, you know, I feel like there's, there's a better place to grab him in the one league of your 10 that that happens. So be it. You know, I feel like that's the way I approach things. I draw lines with players and I say, if they cr creep into that range, even though I love them, I want them on every team, I'm just going to let them go because I have yeah. to evaluate risk. So I'm, that's probably the only thing we've really disagreed with heavily here today, which is good. That's kind of uncommon actually. Um, but there's nothing wrong with your stance. I just, I see it. I see Miles Sanders and DJ Moore in the second round. And I feel like you walk out looking at your team and you're like, damn, I feel a little bit light because I don't, I don't have that ceiling value with that player. It's he has to do, he has to do it, you know, and you could say the same thing about Drake. If you take Drake at 12, 13, 14, where I probably reach and take him, you could say, where's the value. But for whatever reason, I do see the ceiling value still there for a guy like Drake. So. It's, it's yeah. why we play the game. So, Yeah, 100%. Now, real quick, I don't believe in Miles Sanders either, just like you. I do not trust him at all. People say, oh, they have no one around him. Boston Scott was still kind of eating into it. Regardless of who they bring in, they're still going to eat into it. Doug Peterson believes in the running back by committee, and he'll never change his opinion. So uh, that's just how I feel about it. So thank you for coming out here, Smitty. You can uh, plug all of your stuff here again, and I'll link it down below. Yeah, and I'd like to have you on sometime. Maybe we'll do a, a mock draft. Maybe we'll do a, a dual live stream colliding of uh, the two two channels, and and you know we'll share the link at the same time on our live streams. And and first come first serve that gets in. We'll we'll play in it, and we'll do a mock mm -hmm. or something. But you can find me uh, if you want content, written content. Uh, I, I invented the trade calculator in two thousand and three in the fantasy industry, and the mock draft simulator. So I've been at it a while from the content perspective. Uh, this is where you'll find the content stuff. Uh, this will be where you find my video content, the fantasy football show, which is at the fantasy football show.com and youtube.com slash the fantasy football show or Instagram Just search me with the same handle. But I'm also on CBS sports radio uh, during the season, every Wednesday night, I've been doing that for 16 straight years on the longest running fantasy football radio show in the world. Uh, it's been going 23. I've been a part of it for 16 straight. So I joined after, it had already been going a number of years, but it's been going 23 years. Um, same main host. I come on and do my whole hour spot uh, every single uh, week during the year. So I stream that hour, the entire hour on CBS Sports Radio live on my YouTube show every single Wednesday. Or if we move it to Tuesday, it'll be Tuesday. But that's a fun show if, if you want to have some startup advice and stuff during the year. So you can find me at all those places, but I'm always live and would be glad to have you on. Yeah, for sure. So thank you, Smitty, for coming. Congratulations for making 4,000 subscribers. I checked, and just recently you hit it, so congrats for that. Uh, I'm hoping to get there soon, too. So thank you for coming out. Everyone, please check him out down below. He makes great videos. I've been watching him for probably a whole year, if I'm being honest with you. So he makes really good content, very interesting, and make sure you guys join in on his live streams because he's pretty much always live. So thank you all for watching. Love you all. Have a great rest of your guys' day.